Hey, <laughs> what up, what up, what up? And welcome to the Petty Herbalist Podcast. It's your girl, Karina, chilling. It hasn't been sunny in a while. So actually, okay, it's been sunny in the past couple of days, but it's nice because it was raining all last week. And um, yes, I'm here at home. I am on the land of the Tongva people, also known as Los Angeles, California. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I just want to see my love of sunshine. So I'm happy to hear that the sun is shining on you. Sunshine, Um, (laughs) I could call me. You could call me yo baby girl. <laughs> oh man, I'm so bad at lyrics. Anyways. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, this is your girl Asia. Um, I'm here in the living room with Jasper. We are resting, nestled in the Cheyenne Ute and Arapaho territories, um, frolicking in the snow. <laughs> Mm, we love the purification properties of snow mm. and also the way that snow <laughs> y'all have fun <laughs> be safe helps to capture and distribute minerals throughout the, the land the soil um oh, love to see it yeah we love snow um y'all so- do any <laughs> <laughs> <need> clarification um uh- <laughs> So it's good. We're we're out here. We're chilling. We're vibing. Mm. And as y'all are frolicking, chilling, vibing, cuddling, resting, I'm wondering what's going on in that medicine bag this week. Yeah. Mm. So I've been optimizing some of my nourishing herbal infusion recipes. Mm. Um. And really sort of, um, I'm reading this really great book called The Black Sun. Mm. And in it, uh, it was it was written by Rebecca Rowanhorst. And in it, um, the currency is cacao. So I've been mm. I've been really studying cacao since I was studying vanilla and and I'm going into relationship with cow, cacao and learning about you know, how it's processed, some of its side effects, some of its downsides, mm-hmm. um, some of the things that we need to protect ourselves sort of against when working the cacao medicine. Um, no, I will never hold a cacao ceremony ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my business. Karina might, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Who knows? Okay. Not me, though. Uh, but, you know, getting into good relationship with cacao um, and so I'm just learning about sort of the phytic acid and the oxalates and different mm-hmm. things like that and how to work with it based off of how Mexican people actually worked with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm learning, you know, from the from the ancestors as I'm incorporating this medicine into into my practice. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, chocolate is in my medicine bag. Valentine's Day is coming. Hey. Um, but I'm persnickety about my chocolate. And uh, so don't send me any because <laughs> I, I verify the sources. Uh, I do not like heavy metals in my food. So, yeah, so that's in my medicine bag. But also, you know, I I've been dealing with like failure. Hmm. I've been dealing with like what the what happens to the world when when I fail to be charming, holding the amount of like power and influence that I hold. Um, and what I'm realizing is that though my practice has moved from maidenhood to motherhood, mama still needs support. Mm-hmm. Mama still need their elders, and so um, everyone from my dream elders to my herbalism elders, I've been finding ways to understand sort of my training and moving back into relationship to receive more tutelage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am a mother, but mothers are not yet crones. And mm-hmm. so that like, that humility of making sure that I have sort of 
um, the accountability processes in place that look like sort of my elders and what it takes to get back in good relationships, including my relationship with Susan Weed. And so mm. um, that work is progressing. It's moving in me and through me. And I am, you know, so honored to not only be an herbalist and a root worker and a nutrition, all the things that I do, but I'm honored to not be out there by myself. Yeah. Right. Like I have a lineage, mm. right? Like I have, I have guides, I have tutors, I have mentors. I have so much infrastructure that helps to make sure that like I'm holding the medicine with the integrity that the medicine needs to be held with. And mm. when I fail, right. When there is a lapse in my integrity, right. Mm -hmm. I got to get ready. I got to stay ready. Yeah. Right. I got to fortify. Um, and so those those things are in my medicine bag. I'm not only working with new medicines, but the way that I work with medicines grounded in ancestral traditions, mm -hmm. um, but also making sure that I am grounded in ancestors and elders mm -hmm. um, and, and to humble myself and recognize that like I still mm -hmm. um, that as a mama, like mama still need the love and support of the entire communities and including, including the crones. Mm -hmm. Mamas still need to have a lap that they can sit in, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> so much that you shared. That was beautiful. Um, And I feel like a lot of what you just mentioned about, you know, us being in our mother phase in life we still need our crones I feel like I'm gonna get into that in my bougie auntie word of advice so I'll get into that later um but yeah thank you for your very vulnerable share mm -hmm. um and I love cacao I love the cacao medicine and also I love how widespread the cacao medicine was um when I went to Brazil I learned that, yeah, the indigenous people down there were using cacao also. Yes. So, yeah, and I had the best cacao juice. Oh, it's so good. It's interesting because it's like it has that tropical fruity flavor, kind of sour, kind of vanilla-y. Like it's a very strange but refreshing flavor. So, yeah, I was honored to not only learn, but have cacao juice. Um, so, yeah, just want to honor all of the indigenous people who use cacao as medicine in the various ways. Yeah. Um, and I saw trees out there, too, along the street. So it was Ooh. cool. And that's where I saw the um, the palm trees that they make palm oil with. Also. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, in my medicine bag this week, uh, wow, this week was a lot. Um, I would say that the main part of my medicine bag was uh, like spiritual understanding. I still am like sitting with, um, yeah, I had some really... <laughs> Last week, uh, we didn't record, but last week I had like two spiritual ceremonies and I was woof, exhausted. Mm. I did a lot. And uh, so I finally feel rested. However, I'm still like sitting with um, I'm processing those ceremonies and what that means for me now. And so I'm I'm researching like more about Candomblé and um yeah, like what to expect. Like, is this normal? Is this whatever? I'm reading all the things. I, I'm not usually a reader because I have a short attention span, but I can read articles. I can do that. Books are harder for me. Articles I can do. Um, but yeah, just processing all the things and I'm just feeling a lot closer to my African ancestors and um, 
Yeah. So I would say I was in the contemplate portal, the EFA portal um, this week um, in my medicine bag. Also, I taught my cinnamon class. So I was back in the cinnamon portal. Um, and it's just the best thing for me is teaching the class and having people actually like have a cinnamon stick in their hand and then just like smell the fresh volatile oils like pop out as Mm. soon as they break the cinnamon stick and they're like wow it smells like big red oh my god like it's just so big red (laughs) (laughs) it's just my favorite thing for people to experience the spices that are so regular to them like so common to them like be seen in a different light and them like taking ownership of what they're already doing um one of the people in my classes she's like I've been putting cinnamon in my oatmeal every day like wow I didn't realize I'm having cinnamon every day kind of thing like yeah somehow you knew you needed cinnamon and uh yeah I love making people the expert already like I'm like you didn't know you were an expert already but you are you always have been like trust your discernment I just want to give you more information so that you can feel more empowered that is my teaching style and so that was really powerful medicine for me so I'm excited to teach the rest of my classes this month and what else also Hawthorne tincture um, is in my medicine bag um supportive of my heart um circulation all the things it makes me feel like it's a hug in a bottle so um yeah but we talk about Hawthorne all the time so we could probably get into it later but yeah that's all I got oh I if if anyone has the opportunity to sit into one of your facilitations like I love the way you teach. I really do. It is so alive, (laughs) even online, but like in person, like all the foods you prepared for that workshop, like the cinnamon rolls, like Mm -hmm. just the ability to eat your food is worth what it costs (laughs) to take the class. Right. So I just like, I'm jealous of anyone who was lucky enough to like be there. Like I, I wish I was there. I wish I could sit in. Um, And I love, you know, what it means for you as a Black Caribbean woman to be engaging with spice, right? Mm -hmm. I I think a lot about, you know, my beloved Lakshmi, um, who's South Mm -hmm. Indian and her spice work, but also, right, what it has meant to have an Indian diaspora and the Indian influence in the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. how that has caused sort of Caribbean culture to hold like the medicine that was already there, but also the knowledge of the medicine coming in from, right, the Indian diaspora. And so like you really staking your claim in the world around spices um, as a person whose people were traditionally exploited and who were, you know, a lot of these spices came from. I just, I love it. And I love that that's what you do and especially bridging food and medicine. So yeah, I wish I could come and I'm sad that I can't, but I will. Yes. (laughs) I know. I would love to like teach this class on a grander scale. So, you know. It's important. It's, Mm -hmm. you're doing it. You know, speaking of doing it, (laughs) we're getting back into (laughs) our sex as medicine series and this week we want to get to the heart of the matter so asia let's let's get into what we want to talk about this week or what we want to focus on i should say yeah absolutely and so sex is medicine there's a reason why it feels good and Mm -hmm. sex is an entire it's a process of the entire body Mm -hmm. not just the genitals Mm -hmm. right and so what we're going to focus on today is the heart Mm -hmm. and there's so many courses and lectures and there's so much to, to to know and to think about the heart so i guess what i'll share with you all today 
um, is understanding the heart not only as an organ that helps to pump and circulate our blood throughout the body, but I want you to get that the heart is an organ of communication, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. I want you to explore sort of what's called uh, heart rate variability. I want you to explore mm -hmm. this notion that our hearts are actually not only organs of circulation, but specifically organs of communication. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. The heart communicates with all the other organs in the body, right? And helps those organs get into place. But the heart communicates with everything outside of our body. In fact, the heart's communication has a radius. I think radius was the right word. No, it has a radius of about mm -hmm. 20 feet. Mm -hmm. um, and so people can experience the communications mm -hmm. of your heart 20 feet 20 feet away from your body. Mm. Um, and, and what that means is that when your heart is in a good place, right? People can read that from their own hearts, mm. right? When you walk into a room where there is conflict and you feel it in your body, mm. that's you sensing the communications of the hearts that are in conflict. Mm. Sex has positive benefits on the heart. In particular, men who have sex at least twice a week and women who report having good sex are not only less likely, <laughs> less likely to have a heart attack, um, it helps to strengthen sort of the blood vessels, lower your blood pressure, reduce stress, and improve your sleep. These are mm -hmm. all things that are really, really good and beneficial for the heart. Um, what I want to open, right, and understanding sort of the heart, the power of the heart and the body as the major circulator, the heart as a drum beat, as a rhythm, as something that's communicating with the drum beats and the rhythms of the people around it. Uh, but I want to expand our understanding of the heart within the body to talk about the breasts. Mm. Yeah. Contrary to popular belief about titties. <laughs> love titties. <laughs> we love titties out here, okay? <laughs> titties, 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 titties. titties. <laughs> right. <laughs> titties, and especially for those of us who hold titties, whether you identify as a woman or not, mm -hmm. titties are heavy. Yeah. There's so much about our breasts, right? Rather, they're too big or they're too small or they're oblong or they're, or they're, or they're whatever, right? There's mm -hmm. this shame of breasts and this overemphasis of breasts, but breasts have been pigeonholed into this framework where we only understand our breasts in the relationship of other people, right? Breasts as their act of service to growing and nurturing young people or breasts as... Uh, tools right physical tools mm. uh what we want to talk about though is a more tantric perspective of the breasts mm. Mm -hmm. um in particular understanding breasts as an extension of the heart mm. Mm -hmm. not only are your breasts sitting on top of your heart <laughs> but when we share our breasts with other people we are sharing our heart with other people. Mm. There are so many tribes, especially those tribes that focus on hospitality in Africa. When a new visitor comes, often breasts are shared, right? With the person who is newly arrived in the village, mm. right? Because breasts are an extension of the heart. Mm -hmm. And in our society, we do terrible things to titties. Yeah. Right? We constrain the titties. We um, we remove the titties. We cut the titties. We hurt the titties. We all the things we do to the titties are things that hurt our heart, but are also things that hurt our voice. Mm -hmm. Right? We understand that titties are heavy. Yeah. Right? And that there's all sorts of things that we have to do to maintain the balance in the rest of our bodies, but 
you know, rather you are, you know, wearing a, a bra with underwire or a binder, right? When you bind and hurt and constrain the breasts, you constrain the heart, you constrain mm -hmm. the chest, you constrain your voice. Yeah. And it's important to recognize that all of these experiences spring from the patriarchy. So freeing the titties. Hey, free the titty movement. <laughs> free the titties. Okay. <laughs> Freeze mm -hmm. up our communication. Freeze up the expression of our heart. But it also opens the portal to the vagina, which is very, very important. And so in tantric practices, of course, the emphasis isn't placed on the genitals. Mm -hmm. When it comes to a female body, the emphasis is actually paid, placed on the breasts. And it often, the breasts are the gateway to the rest right? hey. <laughs> of, the, of the body and our sex, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that like we want to encourage uh, for whatever relationships you have to your breasts, whether you've had them removed because surgery or because you needed it for your mental health, whether you've had them reduced, <laughs> whether you've had uh, breast implants, whether you've had whatever you've had to do with your breasts to be good in your body, we want to invite you um, to move into better relationship with them. Um Suckling, fondling, touching on the breast is actually um, preventative of breast cancer, mm. right? That was some of the most fascinating research that I found in preparing for this podcast was, um, you know, having your breast sucked on is cancer preventative, right? Yeah. Having your breast loved on is cancer preventative. You have to touch the titties in order for the titties to be well. In fact, they were designed to be touched. That's why they extend from your body so someone can reach mm. out to grab them, right? right. <laughs> this is the design. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Karina, I'm curious about some of the, the breast supporting remedies and works that you've encountered in your path. Well, you know, I too have participated in the, the titty grabbing movement. <laughs> Oh my God, y'all. When we were in high school. Listen, okay, here's the thing, y'all. I feel like our society is so focused, hyper-focused on everything being sexual that like just normal touch isn't, or curious touch, curious consensual touch is not seen as a great thing. But for me, I'm like, listen, I'm curious about my, my friends' bodies. And I'm like, ooh, because Asia, I'm not going to describe your titties on on air. But I just, I've always been obsessed with that. <laughs> and so in high school, I was just like, grab them. And Asia was not yet there. <laughs> she was like, oh. but she got used to me. And Calais too. Calais was all about grabbing titties and booties and all the things. And it just, it was so nice. <laughs> Y'all, Karina honestly saved my life because Aww. I, what she did was desexualize my body and that helped me to normalize it. That helped me to move in right relationship. And so like, you know, we just be sitting there and then Karina put her hand on my boob and I'd be like, what, what is happening? Like, like what, what is this? And I'm like, oh, okay. It's just like Karina putting her hand on my shoulder. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, Boob should be touched. It was just like, out there. <laughs> and it was just <laughs> grab it. it was just such a fun, non-hungry touch. And it gave me a spectrum mm. of understanding the different kinds of touch the body could receive. Yeah. Right. And so it destabilized the hypersexualization of mm. my body, which allowed me to take ownership of my breasts. Like the breast work is work. Yeah. Yeah, and thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, happy to do it anytime. <laughs> still do. Um, yeah, Karina was and like I, you don't know your friends unless you can draw their breasts from scratch. Hello, <laughs> period. And I could do that with all of my friends. Okay, just okay. Saying. <laughs> you know, my favorite thing also is being at the Nike Spa with my friends. Okay, shout like out getting... to Havana Sauna. We love yes. the Korean Nike Spa. Shout out to Wee Spa. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like 
not only is it touch, but it's also like, I see you. Mm. You know, if you're seeing your friends' bodies on a regular basis, you know, I could notice if things have changed. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, you know, the titties are you know a little perkier than usual. Asia, what's going on with you? <laughs> what are you doing? Or them cakes is caking, okay? okay. Just saying. So, yes. yeah, I think another um mm, norm in our society is not noticing people or you pretend that you don't notice because we notice we see you but I feel like there's this pressure to not be honest with what you see because of all the stigmas you know you're not supposed to notice when someone's getting bigger but also it's acceptable to say that oh you're you look like you're losing weight kind of thing which that's not always healthy Right. Um, or, you know, you notice, I don't know, there's so many things that you're not supposed to notice in people. You can't see them. You can't be honest with them anymore versus, you know, in a lot of, um, I would say mainly um, immigrant communities in which, you know, your Grammy, your auntie will see you and be like, you getting a little fat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm noticing these things about you. And for us, in particular, millennials, um, also Gen Zers, we don't want people to notice when our bodies are getting bigger, smaller, taller, shorter, whatever the case is, Um, because there there are all these stigmas placed on it. Um, But I never want to make them wrong because I want to acknowledge that they do see me. And in their context, especially immigrant context, if you're getting bigger, let's say, me being in the DR. When people say I got fat, they feel good. They feel like, wow, you're being fed at the home that you're staying at. Right. Wow. You're being nurtured. Like you're nourished all the things. Mm -hmm. So anyways, going back to seeing your friends' bodies. Yeah. I want to always be able to notice you. And I'm, I'm grateful for you, Asia, for you, for you providing consent for me to see you. And for me to be able to touch you um, and, yeah, express our love in those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, although we do get the benefits of, um, like Asia mentioned, the heart touch through our breasts, we can also get the benefits of the touch through hugs. That's right. <laughs> Y'all know I love hugs. Okay. Um, there's a uh, marriage and family therapist um, named Virginia Satter, and she states we need four hugs a day for survival. We need eight hugs a day for maintenance and we need 12 hugs a day for growth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree as a person who loves physical touch. I'm on board with that. But also the science backs that also and as well. So um. In a study done at UC Berkeley, um, it was noted that when someone hugs us, the stimulation of C-tactile efferents in our skin sends signals via the spinal cord to the uh, brain's emotion processing networks. (laughs) And this induces neurochemical signals that provide health benefits. And as Asia mentioned, um, some of those include... um, uh, the hormone oxytocin, which everyone knows is the cuddle hormone. <laughs> um, and it also improves your ability to sleep better, to breathe better. Um, it also communicates, you know, the usual thing that we know that hugs do, mm-hmm. that I support you, that I'm here with you, mm-hmm. that you're not alone. That's right. Um, it boosts self-confidence and happiness. Um, it also improves circulation. Um, and there was also a study done where it wasn't, you know, as many hugs, but there was a study done um, using therapeutic touch in which um, a patient was suffering depression. And in the study, this person was giving eight hugs per day and that achieved mental stability. Mm. Um in this patient so 
going back to what I said at the beginning, you can get all of these heart benefits, not just through sex, but just in physical touch, physical proximity with people. Um, even if, you know, some of us don't have the sexual drive that we, <laughs> that others have, um, even <laughs> being with a partner, a friend, a family member and getting your hugs in, hopefully getting your 12 hugs a day. Um, but yeah, even those simple movements of the embrace, the touching of the hearts with someone else will also provide similar benefits as sex. That's, that's right. I uh I hug Jasper at least four times a day. Oh so you're <laughs> getting your hugs in too. Um and and really what we're doing, so when we are stimulating the breasts, when we are hugging each other, we're actually um attuning ourselves to the vagal nerve, right? So we are mm -hmm. moving from the fight and flight, which tends to run through the back of the body to the rest and digest, mm -hmm. which runs to the front of the body. And so stimulating sort of the breast via a hug, via suckling, via soft and gentle touch or hard mm -hmm. tugs, what it does is it pulls your energy uh, and it pulls your nervous system to the front of the body, which mm -hmm. activates sort of the, the rest and digest your parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and so we we love to hear all the different ways that that breast work mm -hmm. uh can bring us into better balance can fill us with the sensation of love um that can open us to deeper more erotic experiences or an experience of the world where we are safe nurtured mm -hmm. and secure yeah um, and so there's a lot of ways to get to the heart. The breast is one of the ways. Yeah, um, one of our favorite ways. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that one can do if relationships with others are far away, of course, is we can use herbal medicine. Hey. Um, I know that many people have desensitized breasts, including males, male body mm -hmm. people. You're like, oh, you can't feel anything. Mm. it's not because that's the design mm. right <laughs> uh -huh. um one of the ways that we can sort of bring the sensation back to our breasts is working sort of with with nervines like mm. uh saint james wort the oil of saint mm -hmm. james wort hypericum preferatum mm -hmm. um that red oil only made from fresh plants okay fresh fresh don't play. Don't play with us. When I tell you fresh, do what the hell I tell you to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but Hypericum and helping to sort of rebuild um, our nerves and support nerve signaling, right? Uh, applied to the breast, kind of applied to the nipples, um, not only bring sort of, um, uh, you know, more serotonin production, better mental health, et cetera, but it also restores sort of nerve function where function has been disrupted. And so massaging the breasts is another way to sort of get all of those benefits. And mm -hmm. we can use herb infused oils. Karina and I do not use essential oils, would never mm -hmm. put them on the titties. Oof, uh, yikes. Yikes. <laughs> yikes. Oof, <laughs> never. Never. Um, anyways, but an infused herbal oil sort of applied can help to bring back stimulation and circulation and good relationship because your hands um, mm. hold magic as well. Yeah. 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 Um, I feel that. I also mentioned that Hawthorne tincture, Hawthorne berry tincture is in my medicine bag um, as a hug in a bottle. Um, mm. Hawthorne has you know, been used, God, for so long in history um, as a way to support the heart and circulation. And yeah, I feel like on an emotional level, it opens up my heart. So even if I'm unable to access a hug physically, if I take um, some of my Hawthorne Berry Tincture, which is really good. This one's my two-year-old one. Um. Yeah, I, I feel very supported um, 
and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We also want to name Leonaris Cardiaca, hey. motherwort. Uh, for those of you who are experiencing heart palpitations that are coupled with anxiety, mm. uh, a few drops of motherwort can rid you of a panic attack. Yeah. Right. So that that notion of these sort of um, these heart tonics um, sort of helping the nervous system, helping to move us from sympathetic to parasympathetic. Mm -hmm. um, these wonderful heart tonics, they stay in our medicine bag. And motherwort in particular is heart womb. So she's working the very axis that we're talking about, the way that the breasts sort of stimulate the opening of the vaginal tissues. Mm -hmm. um, and so motherwort is working at that intersection and is great against menstrual pain. So yeah. um, both of these are plants that Karina and I work with regularly during menstruation because mm -hmm. of the relationship between the heart and the vagina. And vagina. <laughs> Period. Okay. And mm -hmm. now it's time for us to transition into our bougie auntie words of advice. <laughs> what you got for the people, Karina? Yo, I got some things for y'all. Um... In particular, in the past couple of weeks, I've been thinking about um, a lot of us Gen Zers who are like woke. We think we know all the things. We're in our 30s. You know, we know <laughs> things or late 20s, whatever. We've experienced the whole world. We know what's up. We are uh, well versed in our academic language. Um, we want um, what is it called? We want to decolonize. We want our boundaries to be respected. We um, we want self-care, all the things. And yet we forget that in order to be fully woke and fully connected the way that we want to, to actually decolonize and in a better way, uh, re-indigenize, we must come back to community. And within community, our people our or people our age, as Asia mentioned, we moved from um, maiden into mother. We need to support our elders. Um, and I've just noticed such a lack of respect for our elders. Um, I think that we place a lot of anger from our parents onto our elders. Um <laughs> Because they have a different perspective. They're still stuck in the past kind mm. of thing. Mm. Um, and we forget that we need to glean lessons from them because they're not going to be here for, for, well, we don't know how long they're going to be here, I should say. Um, and I feel like in order for us to fully get woke, we need to be able to understand our elders. So um, in order for us to get rest, we must provide rest to our elders and I've just seen a lot of lack of that. That's right. Um, I don't know that you can fully decolonize if you're still speaking in the colonizer's language. You're taking on all this academic language and making your elders wrong. Right. And I'm so against that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm willing to be wrong if it makes better connections with my uh, elders uh, of all ages. Even my parents' age, mm. my grandparents' age, I want to be able to glean the knowledge from them. Because, uh, yeah, they've been here for a long time. Been here for a long time. Even though we have more access to resources, to knowledge, we've still been here for less time than they have. That's so right. I just feel like their embodied knowledge and wisdom is so important. And for me... I want, I mean, I have been doing elder work for a while now. Um, of course, since being able to support my grandpa when he was still here, um, he passed in 2020. But um, taking on that work has opened a lot up to me. Um, and yeah, my embodied knowledge is just building and building and building because I've positioned myself to be able to serve my ancestors or my elders and look to them as experts 
and humble myself <laughs> oh. um, so that I may learn and I, be, I may be able to create better community mm. um, by learning from them. So, yeah, my bougie word of advice is if you want rest, make sure you are providing rest to your elders. If you want knowledge, make sure you're gleaning knowledge from your um, elders. If you want recipes, go to your elders, get recipes from them, cook for them. Why don't you do an exchange kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I just I'm I'm just afraid of us truly losing the recipes. Yes. Um, truly losing the the embedded wisdom of being at the feet of elders and getting the stories and getting the lore and the folk tales and all the things i'm just um because of my fear of losing the things i'm pressing in more so that i don't lose things the things and i can pass that along to my progeny so hopefully if that works for y'all take it on if you have elders you know that y'all can support that'd be great not all elders are gonna be great for you (laughs) there are elders who are very toxic but if you do find elders in your life that you can support, I recommend doing that or call in some elders, you know, in your spiritual life. Um, hopefully that'll bring someone to you. Like I said, they don't have to be a grandparent. They don't even have to be that old, but they could have been practicing something for over 20 years. And they're an elder mm-hmm. in that um, that discipline. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I got for you. Thank you, Karina, for that bougie auntie word of advice. Mm-hmm. What um, about you, babe? Well, yeah, no, I'm I'm just sitting with you know all that you shared and and what it like looks like to be in reciprocity with an elder because they have something that we have don't have, and it's not just information; it's experience. Yeah, It's what that information looks like embedded in a lived practice. That's mm-hmm. wisdom. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I just wanted to affirm like what you're, what you're naming, which is, you know, the difference between the colonizers and the indigenous. Mm-hmm. So colonizers focus on youth mm-hmm. and the indigenous focus on, focuses on old the old Mm -hmm. and so all of this theoretical practice of decolonizing like it doesn't matter unless you're holding up the titties of the women who came before you Mm -hmm. right like put their titties on a platter right like relieve their backs (laughs) be the bra for them right like you need to be the bra of an old crone in order to really understand what it is to walk this path Right. Mm -hmm. If you can't provide support and relief to those titties that have nourished so many people. Okay. Then what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Thank you for that bougie auntie word of advice. Um, And my bougie auntie word of advice. Is about getting to the heart of the matter. Mm. For me and this conversation about breastwork, I can't untangle it from the history of colonization and slavery. Mm. I cannot sort of remove the the images of black women being nursemaids to white children because white women wanted to make sure that their breasts still looked like they were teenagers. Mm right? Mm -hmm. I can't escape sort of what it means to have a body that is so thoroughly gendered, right? Such that breasts become sort of the enemy of of what we see as liberation from gender. Mm -hmm. Like I can't escape, you know, the the implications of corsets the implication of Mm. these clothes that bind us and constrain us I can't escape like what it it, it means to be a person with titties in this world Mm. 
and the weight of our breaths, my God. So my bougie auntie word of advice is to let your breast out. Let your chest out. See what it's like to allow them to experience the sun shining on them, Mm. right? Allow them to experience gentle touch. We pass down our history and our culture through our milk. It's one of the reasons why I'm so such a stand against veganism, because how dare you? Mm. How dare you look at milk? In that way, when milk holds everything, when milk nourishes everything, when women create worlds in their bodies and then they know how to regenerate them, right? So yeah, my bougie auntie word word of advice is to acknowledge how heavy breasts are in the society. But what, what does it look like to give them levity? What does it look like to give them lightness? What does it look like to forgive them for burdening us with what it means to be female in a society that hates us? So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm be sitting with that. Yeah, that's a whole conversation. But thank you for that, babe. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure the folks listening have a lot to think about. Um, and if y'all want to engage with us in convo, send us an email, Mm. send us a DM, write us a review because we appreciate all y'all support. Um, the way y'all engage with us is mm, creating such beauty in our world and we love to see it. And we're just so grateful for all the people who, listen support rate um comment on all the socials and all the ways that you support us but you know I also do want to give a special shout out to y'all who have many and who are supporting our patreons um patreon.com slash petty herbalist uh supports the production of the podcast so shout out to y'all who create the possibility for me to get on here and edit this podcast and put it up for y'all. Um, and I do want to give a special shout out to one of our newest patrons, Josie, <laughs> who we love so much. Um, Josie, Asia and I, we were like her number one fans um, during summer 16. Was it summer 16, Asia? Where we went to the, or was it 15? It might have been 15. Yeah, I think it might have been spring 2015, um, where we, Josie was leading these protests and we wanted to support her and we did our eyebrows and we did our hair in a certain way that showed our support for Josie. So Josie, thank you so much for supporting us in this podcast and we just appreciate you so much. Um, and then shout out to y'all for being patrons on patreon.com slash bones, bugs, and botany. As y'all know, Asia gives y'all the things. She got tons of treats such as articles, videos, recipes, whatever else is on her spirit. Um, and a lot of y'all who listen to the podcast are mentored students. So y'all already know where to get the things. Keep supporting. Um, and then also, if y'all are not already on the Bones, Bugs, and Botany newsletter, what are you even doing? You need to become a bad bitch. So please sign up and you can sign up on the website or um, the link in bio on Bones, Bugs, and Botany Instagram. So, um, Asia, do you have any announcements? Um, well, we're getting closer and closer to our living facilitation retreat coming up on March 7th Um, and so if you are interested in um, learning how to facilitate from a place of aliveness Mm -hmm. um, using the patterns and principles of the natural world 
Um, my partner, Adam Brock, and I um, hold a really beautiful retreat space at the Laferay Conference and Retreat Center in Colorado Springs, um, where we gather all of our former consulting clients and um, people who are looking to up their game uh, mm. and and say it with their chest, say it hey. with their breast, <laughs> uh, public speaking, planning an agenda, um, but really like really learning how to hold space for others. Mm. Um, and so I'm very excited to offer this. I offer it every year. Um, and if you want to be in real space learning with me um, about how to hold space, this facilitator retreat is for you. Mm. Um, and so we'll have a link to it and um, in the show notes. Uh, but, you know, come, come, come play with the bad bitch and yes. become one yourself because you got to get this medicine. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yes that's what I would like to share yay um yeah I have a lot going on y'all um I am going to be providing petty patisserie treats um at the Galentine's Day party um at Be Nice Have Fun on Tuesday February 13th so pull up it's gonna be a whole vibe um yeah I oof, I have such a busy day tomorrow to be baking all the things so I'm excited if I get to see y'all there um I think it's a ticketed event so get your tickets I think you can get it now you can get it at the door so if y'all live in LA pull up um and then I'm gonna be at Occidental College on Thursday is it Thursday yeah on Thursday making either Ochata or um Sorrel I forgot which one I planned. Um, and then I also have my cloves class that same day at Be Nice Have Fun. So, you know, pull up on your girl and see me um, for my herbalism of spices cloves class again. Um, and then on Saturday, I'm going to be at Tea at Shiloh making chai for the girlies. Okay. So that also is ticketed, um, but it is the most vibey place you'll ever go to have tea and to chill and to do work at if you'd like. Um, I love the people at Tea at Shiloh. They are so nice, so sweet, and they are experts in what they do. Yeah. And so I believe that day that I'm going to be there, um, this Japanese tea expert is going to be there. So I'm going to be learning from her, too. So, yeah, come see a girl. Come get chai. Come hang. You can even, like, take a nap there. It's so vibey and there are plants and uh, it's quiet. So, yeah, I got a lot of things where you can see me this week. So pull up on your girl if you live in L.A. Um, or just... You can wish me well wishes on Instagram. So you can send me a DM too. Uh, but yeah, that's what I got this week. Hey, love to hear it, sweet sis. <laughs> um, so yeah, come be in person with us. And yeah. remember to always stay ready. And be petty. Bye. Bye.